TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. And welcome to another edition of TFC Talk. Steve Gennaro here. Follow me on Twitter at underscore S Gennaro. Of course, I cover Toronto FC for All In Sports Talk. You can always catch this show on Waking the Red, the TFC blog, uh, or you can always find it on World Football Index, the great audio channel that's there, and of course, All In Sports Talk. Thanks to XTSC, Extreme Toronto Sports Club, for their continual support of TFC Talk and of Toronto F- all things Toronto FC. They run a bunch of great soccer leagues all around the city of Toronto, so check out their website, xtsc.ca, to find out a little bit more where you can play anytime. And of course, they have great ambassadors like Joe's Yaltador and St. Ricketts, and you know, if you sign up and play with them you'll always be in the loop for the next great event where you can you know meet and greet with the players themselves let's talk a little bit about toronto fc though and that's what this show does it's a show for fans by fans i'm a supporter first as you know or if this is your first episode thanks for downloading and listening and uh, today I headed up to the Takiya Trading Grounds where I spoke with Eric Zavaleta and I spoke to Jay Chapman and head coach Greg Vanny. And in all cases, what I wanted to do was just get a sense of how the team was feeling now a week after the loss to New England and getting ready to go forward. But even more so, I want to talk about the selections and snubs of the U.S. men's and Canadian men's national team 40-man roster squad, uh, preliminary squads for the Gold Cup uh, this particular summer. I spoke to Jay Chapman and Eric Zavaleta, both who did not receive the nod, just about what that's... What, where they're at with that in the process of their being left out of uh, both of those rosters and where you know again you'll hear in the interview in my opinion they're both very well deserving and uh, we spoke with the head coach Greg Benny as well about you know who, who got named and who didn't a little bit about the naming of Jonathan Osorio to the Canadian team and Justin Morrow to the U.S. team and what that means for those players as well going forward and then finally I relayed to all three of the, the TFCers the players and and the the gaffer himself my experience on the weekend uh, at a tournament south of the border in, in Detroit which involved some hysterical fandom and, and parents and I spoke this week on Anthony Zatera's show uh, Red Card about this and Anthony I had a little discussion about parents in the grassroots soccer and so I got the take of the, the, the manager and as well from the players themselves about their thoughts on these types of sort of grassroots experience which in my opinion in my experience especially this spring seem to be escalating I've seen a lot more almost every single game I've gone to now this, this summer since we've moved to the outdoor se- uh, sessions here in Ontario there has been at least one of these types of incidents where where the language is beyond what's reasonable, the types of things parents are yelling at referees or even at kids themselves. And so while I don't want to continue to harp on this point, I do think it's worth bringing up again and having another look at and a discussion. So here you go. Here's Toronto FC Talk. Uh, you know, I hope you enjoy and, and listen and download and share. Follow All In Sports Talk on Twitter 24-7, live soccer talk radio. And I, I know all the time with great shows, not just TFC Talk or FCD Dallas Talk uh, with, you know, my good friend Preston Weatherington, but also you get, you know, Under the Cosh and World Football Index and now Footy Soldiers is even on board as well. So we've got some great stuff over at All In Sports Talk. Please go check them out too. And until next time, up the Reds. TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. Coach, uh, you know, we've had some time now since the New England uh, loss away. Taking anything from that now, or is it just time to move on? Uh, yeah, I take away from it, um, similar to what we did in, earlier against uh, Columbus. And I think the two losses were similar. Some of the, you know, the trends in the game were similar, uh, more of our own doing than anything else. And so it's to, you know, to recognize that um, from our side of things to, uh, to make sure we recognize when those types of scenarios are happening and we can prevent them from happening. So um, 
Now, again, the game gets too stretched out. We're rushing plays to get forward too fast. We're turning over balls in bad positions. We're getting stretched out as a group because we're rushing in our attacks. Uh, now we're separated from a defensive standpoint. Gaps are too big between our, our lines. Uh, then we start conceding opportunities, right? There's it's, there's a little bit of trend in those two games that I think um, you know we were able to to clean up I think over the course of all of the good results that we had and I think it was just something that between a little bit of fatigue and a and a little bit of um, some other things that just crept in on the night and because we were unable to finish the couple few really good chances that we had um, we kept ourselves in a position where we were chasing the game a little bit and those spaces just became a little more uh, prevalent and then over the course of the game as I think fatigue started to set in a little bit on the group we you know we started to to give away a little more space, more opportunities, and it just became an issue. So, um, yeah, those are the takeaways. It, it doesn't change anything for us other than, um, you know, we finally have a training period where we can do a few things to work on some details just to refocus some of those things, and um, and then we get right back at a busy schedule. But this is also a great opportunity for guys to recover. I mean, the guys have played a lot in this past stretch, and uh, some of them just need to – uh, take a load off for a couple of days and, and then come back and re refocus. It's going to sound ridiculous, but you know it's the middle of June now and you've only lost two games. But as you said, there's some similarities between the two losses. Is there maybe a formula out there that other teams who are going to play you are going to look to try now and exploit? Is, is something shown up? Or? Uh, no, again, that's why my very first comment was we did it to ourselves, right? Give credit to New England because they... Uh, they executed it on the day, and they um, they beat us, and they deserved to beat us. But I felt like we were our own worst enemy, um, and so for us, it's to again. That's why I say not allow those trends and games to to show themselves, or and or if they show up for a brief period of time, let's make it a very brief period of time, and then clean it up and and uh, get back to you know how we like to go about doing things. So um, so yeah, I mean, I think every team comes in with you know a different view of how to get there. I think some similar trends from team to team are starting to arise, but I don't think it's necessarily changed how we do things. Uh, I think we just have to be more attentive and, and um, more aware of uh, you know, what we're doing on the day. Fatigue sitting in, and you talk about you know, condensed schedule. You have a busy month, again, about to start up in, uh, you know, very shortly, and lots of players you know, disappearing for international duty. How do you go about uh, you know, um, putting forward the strongest possible lineup to win the Canadian Championship and still uh, you know, not, not push yourself back in that same situation of overworking the players? Depth, calling upon guys, getting you know, the right combinations of, of players on the field um, for the opponent we're going to play, but also just for the style in which we want to try to do things uh, for the game plan. Um, we have a lot of options. We've got Obviously, a lot of guys who've been able over this past stretch to get some time and to establish a little bit of a rhythm and and to get, you know, um, get sort of integrated into the group. And so we'll we'll do the same. We, we won't change anything. We'll field the best possible team we can for for each of these games to try to get uh, try to get the results that we're seeking. Any chance of that New England game getting moved to the league game? No yeah. chance. Yeah, no, no chance. chance. It, it we've before it even all came out. We you know it was. Uh, um, there was a collaborative effort to try to find the best possible scenario, um, and through various factors, there's no—I don't see any any way anything's moving. Okay, let's talk about some of the players who are going. Justin Morrow gets named to the 40-man roster for the U.S. Men's National Team, long overdue. Um, you know, thoughts on on Justin getting named there, and do you think he'll get a chance to play in the Gold Cup? Um, I hope so. I mean, I think I think he's. 
he's proven that he is uh, worthy of the opportunity. And, um, you know, I think the time period makes sense when you're going through uh, a coaching change and the new coach comes in and he's in a tough predicament in terms of qualifying because they lost the first two games. Uh, that coach is going to go to players that he knows and players that he has seen in that scenario that he's facing uh, first and foremost. And, and I think that's what Bruce did. And obviously they've gotten good results as such. Now the Gold Cup is an opportunity and Bruce has used it in the past to take a look at a few players who are doing well in the league or doing well in, in other leagues around the world and uh, and getting them into the environment and see how they respond to it. And then from that he'll from that scenario, he'll be able to make an assessment whether they're they're ready for qualifying because ultimately the most important thing over this you know this cycle is qualifying for the world cup and so um i hope that jmo gets his opportunity i, I think he he's worthy of it and and then it'll be up to jmo to, to do well when he does get out there now on the canadian side jonathan sorio gets named to the canadian squad uh we know that you know in in the past towards the end of the last regime of the canadian uh, soccer you know jonathan maybe fallen out of favor as but we've seen him this call up here now almost the right time for him I feel as well how good how big is this going to be for his confidence and the words from uh, coach Zambrano that he wants to use Jonathan and really uh, make him a sort of integral part of the club going forward yeah it's great it's great for Jonathan I mean I think he found himself in a tough situation um, you know over the last cycle I think it's there would have been some experiences that would have been good for him and good for Canada moving forward but those didn't come and I think that's sometimes uh you know the life of uh, a soccer player you know and and when a new coach comes in it's almost like a clean slate and uh you know jonathan uh octavio has a vision of how Oct- of how jonathan will fit into the team and how important his role will be and it's just an, it's you know now it's incumbent upon jonathan to go there and prove that that uh you know he's capable of doing those things and or more or whatever that looks like and just be the best version of himself when himself when he goes and um if he does i I do believe that he is the type of player that octavio will like a lot and will will focus some attention on and so um you know i think it's a great opportunity for jonathan how about a couple left behind jay chapman doesn't get named to the 40-man roster for canada i only giggle because i find it difficult to believe that uh, a player of his caliber isn't one of the you know uh, you know 40 best players that, that canada has out there playing right now what are your thoughts on on jay not getting the call and obviously the benefit for for you getting to have him now for throughout the summer months yeah i uh I mean, I, I don't, I can't disagree with you in terms of Jay's ability. I think Jay is, um, he's there. I think he's still, he's still a little bit young, which means these opportunities are huge for him, and so he'll, he's going to miss out on that. Uh, for us, is to keep finding moments uh, and stretches where Jay can continue to grow with us, and um, that requires him playing some games and getting some good, you know, pivotal minutes and in some of these upcoming matches and through the rest of the season. I have no doubt that Jay will make a name for himself, and at some point he'll work himself into that into that team because he has that kind of ability. But um, hopefully, he can use this this moment as motivation to you know to keep driving and getting better. Um, but a uh, little surprising for me, and also just in terms of sort of long-term view of where the Canadian national team is going, I think Jay Chapman's one of the guys that, that has a future, and so uh, it's a lost opportunity to get him some experience. What about Eric Zavaleta? Well, There's talk of him going to El Salvador and playing with, with that national team, and I know that he's you know uh, been waiting, hoping that the U.S. men's national team would give him a look. How do you have a, a team as good as Toronto FC right now defensively, where you have a, a starting member of that back, uh, that back line consistently, who not only you can't vote for for the MLS All-Star game, but also doesn't even get a sniff with the U.S. men's national team? What do you, what do you say to Eric to keep him you know, focused and motivated and working hard? 
it's I think it's the same message for all of our guys it doesn't matter whether you're in or not in uh ultimately your the span of your career is about being the best version of yourself you can and you'll find that some coaches appreciate that and some coaches don't necessarily see it or don't appreciate it and there's nothing you can do about that uh the only thing you can do is improve yourself every time you play work on the things you need to to get better at and uh, continue to hone the things you are good at and keep trying to you know win games because when you win people take notice and um, so I think we're we're in that stretch and we need to continue in that stretch and then each of our individual players whether it be Jay Oso Michael uh, any of them just need to keep coming every day to get better right and and not get overly concerned with whether one coach here or one coach there um, sees it and eventually things work out especially if your mind's in the right place which is the process of improving what about yourself down the road any interest in coaching them with the u.s men's national team after you've won several mls cup here in <laughs> toronto yeah of course i think it would be uh the passion of most coaches i won't say every but uh, any coach really to one day represent your country i did it as a player i'd love to do it someday as a coach um you know understanding that for me it's a process too every day i come out it's about getting better and uh, you know, honing in some of my thoughts and but continuing to learn and, and adapt. And, um, you know, I think we have a great forum here in Toronto because we have an excellent team, excellent players, excellent, excellent setting uh, to do so. And um, so, again, uh, my intention is on winning here and, you know, where my career goes down the road will kind of determine, be determined a little bit about my success through my success, you know, um, at the various stops and places I have starting here. What about uh, new promotion for Toronto FC? We see a, a Pride Night coming up. I think that's a, a big, bold move from the club and, yep. you know, long overdue and happy to see that. What are your thoughts? Uh, and, and how did the club come to this decision and your thoughts on it? Um, I, I think it's uh, both a club, uh, a multi-club, meaning all of MLS uh, and MLS itself, kind of a, a very important agenda and talking point and um, a, you know... Um, an area where I think, again, we can continue to hopefully enlighten people and to bring attention to um, a great social um, cause. And, and uh, I think it's it's where we are sort of in this world. And I think Canada is one of the leaders in, in, in this, which is just acceptance and um, people are okay to be themselves and, and make the choices that, that are, you know, most in their hearts and that they feel are, are best for them. And, and so, uh, you know, I think sometimes that's part of our goal as athletes and as as people who are in the spotlight is to be able to bring attention to key um what's the word i'm looking for here key um it's whatever social um give me a good word you guys are writers talking points issues. social issues yeah social issues i think that that are out there i think it's a good opportunity for us to again highlight that and and um i think it's spectacular and and i'm i'm proud to be a part of a club who's going to be involved in it all right. Can I ask you one, one, one question on grassroots before we're done? Because you are the academy director here as well as, as the first team coach and a parent of uh, you know multiple kids who are playing in, in the system itself. On the weekend, I was down in Detroit at a soccer tournament where one of my children was playing. Uh, and the game got a little heated at one point. It was U12 or U13. And the referee came over and showed two boys red cards. At that moment, a parent rushed onto the field, pushed the referee, and, and grabbed at one of the kids who was not their own child before it all got broken up. Uh, have you seen anything like that before in your experiences and just thoughts on you know parents and, and grassroots soccer I've seen it before yes um, you know as as a youth growing up I think uh, there's always the occasion where 
you know something goes too far I think in the soccer field I think you know emotions um, get out of hand and, and I've seen it before unfortunately and I've probably seen it more on YouTube you know uh, than I have in person but yeah I, I just again I think it's the the point of sports and the objective of sports sometimes gets lost into in the emotion and the ego um, sometimes of parents and of you know it can be players too and I think uh, sometimes we need to reset sort of what we're what we're doing you know and and at the youth level yes everybody wants to win you're playing to win there's the motion of winning and losing but it's youth sports and it's really about these players getting better and and sort of honing their craft and and um you know and enjoying their experience so it's to me it's all nonsense i I kind of understand where the emotion comes from it's unacceptable uh, a thousand percent uh and it we're hearing about it too much and so i i don't know ultimately what the solution is you know to it because it's hard to have a solution for emotion in the moment but um everybody needs to take a little bit of a step back and remember what uh youth sports are about and what they're for and what uh you know what the ultimate outcome is that we're trying to get from these experiences tfc talk on all in sports talk extreme toronto sports club xtsc offers the best co-ed, men's, and women's recreational leagues across the city. Scarborough, North York, Downtown Toronto. Indoor and outdoor turf soccer, co-ed volleyball, and ball hockey leagues too. Get your soccer fix with Extreme Toronto Sports Club. Sign up today at xtsc.ca, xtsc.ca. Hey everybody, Steve Gennaro here, TFC Talk, standing at the Kia Training Grounds with uh, Jay Chapman. Jay, how you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. Thanks. Okay, let's start. Maybe Jay, just a couple quick words on uh, on New England. Let's go. Let's backtrack a little bit. Well, you know, just watching that match unfold. What were your thoughts on what happened to the t- to the team? Uh, I thought I thought it was just a little bit of tired legs, to be honest with you. Um, you know, coming off such a long stretch of games um, where we put in a number of you know very good performances and got some great results to put us in a good spot in the league. Um, I think you know just going into New England, playing on the turf, um, you know, guys were uh, you know maybe a little tired of the you know a little late to the uh, late to the balls, um, and that's normal. You know, um, you know we. We've had so many games on the road, and, and going into uh, into Gillette Stadium, um, there's no easy task. Uh, you know, even if it's a, even if it's your regular schedule, um, an amount of games. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it's anything to be worried about. It's um, it's just one of those games where, um, you know, tired legs, uh, you know, definitely played played a role in the match, and um, you know, we just weren't as sharp as as we would be. Uh, you know, coming off of, uh, um, of a you know a regular uh, a regular preparation week. Yeah, that you know certainly makes a lot of sense. You can take a look at it, just kind of you know, push it off to the side, say the re- the, the the run of form was was going to end sooner or later, and mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense how that happened. But maybe there's another storyline here. I want to ask you about this, and that is yeah, a lot of sort of the regular parts were, were were missing from that match. And over the next month or so, there will be more players, uh, more matches with regular parts that, that will be off in international duty and and and, and away and so forth. Um, how does that play out for the club, and then for a player like yourself, is this the opportunity you've been waiting for to sort of step in and get some more minutes? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think over this past. Um, month or two um you know we've shown um you know that 
that we're, that we're a team that has a wonderful depth and I think um, you know young players like myself um, you know when when we're called upon we're uh, we're always hungry to to perform in, and help the team in any way that we can so um, I think these next uh, couple matches matches yeah it'll be uh, it'll be tough um, you know with with guys out but um, I think it's a you know it's just it's just another opportunity for guys like uh, guys like myself and some younger guys to get some minutes and um, and really prove their worth. We saw Justin Morrow finally finally get the long overdue deserved call to the U.S. men's uh, national team 40-man 40, 40 roster. As you know, at TFC Talk, we've been championing that for like a, a year now, trying try to make that happen. And another name that we've been talking a lot about is, is getting you to the Canadian men's national team. You know, you're here talking to me, so that means obviously that you're not on the 40-man uh, roster. So what, what, what were your thought, initial thoughts on that? Uh, well, first off, I just want to congratulate Justin. I think uh, you know, I think it's long overdue. I think he's he's been um, one of the best, uh, you know, if not the best left back in the league for for a number of years. So super happy for him. Uh, in terms of me uh, not getting the call, a little bit disappointed. Um, I think uh, I think I can definitely add something to the team. Um, um, but um, you know, I know TFC. Uh, with guys, you know, uh, possibly also possibly Raheem, um, you know, gone. I think uh, TFC um, uh, will definitely need me in um, in terms of, of of the games that are coming up. So a um, little bit disappointed. Um, I'd like to be I'd like to be there with the team and, and be a part of the Gold Cup. But at the same time, um, um, I'm happy to happy to be at the club and um, you know be able to help them uh, throughout the summer months. What was the the process like? Did you, have, did you speak to Zambrano? Did he did he contact you? Were there, were there discussions between him and the club, or was it just you know a list was posted and you weren't really added to that? Um, I'm not sure um, what the what the communication was with the club. To be honest with you, I know he sent me um, he sent me a little message um, a couple of days before the list came out, saying um, he's been watching um, a couple of my performances and he said um, that he was very happy and he was, thought I've I've been doing very well, but. Um, at this moment in time, that uh, I wasn't in the uh, I wasn't in the camp going to to Laval, so um, you know I was I was happy that he reached out to me, um, and uh, hopefully uh, going forward we can uh, you know we can open up some more communication, and hopefully I'll be able to go into uh, you know further camps. Do you think playing for Toronto FC actually hurts your chances of making uh, the, the national club? We'll do this two ways. First off, do you think being a Canadian player? playing on the Canadian team uh, you know, so hurts your chances because they say, well, he's a Canadian playing for a Canadian team. He's supposed to get a chance or he's supposed to get a break. Whereas if you were a Canadian playing in another country, they would look at, they would look at you with a, with a different lens? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, I mean, I think... I think the biggest thing for Canada right now is that um, you know the players that are playing and the players that are in form are the ones that are going to get called to uh, you know called to the camps. I think a big thing for Canada is having uh, having guys that are playing consistently for the first teams and and um, you know playing every game uh, every week at their clubs and that's that's one thing that Canada always hasn't had. Um, so I think a big thing um, you know uh, I haven't you know fully talked to uh, uh, the new coach, but. Um, you know, I can imagine that he wants the players that are, um, you know, that are that are most game fit um, uh, to be at the Gold Cup. So, um, and that's normal. Um, so I think um, that uh, going forward, it's uh, you know, I I think playing for Toronto FC, um, and once I get my chances and hopefully I can get a run of games, I I don't think it'll hurt my chances playing for a Canadian club. But um, at the same time, I um, if I'm not you know, if I'm not getting a ton of minutes, then um, you know it's hard to expect to go uh, into these uh, into these 
you know, tournaments like the Gold Cup. So uh, hopefully I can get some more minutes. And then, um, you know, once that um, once that happens, then, um, you know, I think the Canada call-ups will come. Yeah, I was going to say, that was the second part of the question. Do you think, you know, playing with such a stacked midfield, such a great team with so many great players around you, we have to fight for your minutes. We've seen what you can do when you get the minutes. We've seen the success rate that's there. Yeah. You know, is that is that maybe the biggest uh, roadblock right now to you making the national squad? Uh, yeah, I think so, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing against uh, each party's, but I think um, when it comes to international football, um, you know, when you see the guys that are that are getting the cops are the guys that are that are playing the most, and that's normal because you know they're the most informed. So, um, yeah, I think I th- you know I think the more games I get under my belt, I think the more call-ups uh, will come. Um, and yeah, I mean, as you said, you know, playing under such a you know such a tough midfield to break in as a young player is uh, um, you know, at times at times it can be frustrating, but you also learn a lot of things. So. Um, you know, I think I think it's just about being patient and, and waiting for the run of games to come, and then um, yeah, hopefully the call-ups will come there as well. Yeah, it'll come. Don't worry, Jay. When no, when we when we when we host the World Cup uh, just down the road, you know you'll get your chance to play for the national team on home soil. Okay, I'll give you a fun one on the way out. I was at a tournament on the weekend in Detroit. Uh, one one of my kids was playing in a, in a tournament on the weekend, and in the middle of the match, the referee showed a red card to two players. There was a bit of, a, of an incident, and while that incident happened, a parent ran onto the field, okay. pushed the referee, and then tried to grab one of the children who was not that parent's own child what's the craziest thing you saw uh at at the soccer pitch uh in in your years playing sort of grassroots soccer before you got to to this level um probably something similar to that i don't think anyone uh, actually ran on the pitch and tried (laughs) tried to hit a kid that's pretty crazy um but no i mean uh growing up playing in the oisl you know we'd have um I played for Ajax, so we'd have like Ajax, uh, Unionville, you know, sort of derby matches, or you know, Ajax Dixie was always a big match. Um, so I can I can definitely remember one time when um, it was a really heated game. You know, tackles were flying in, um, and I think um, there was a couple of players, um, parents on my team. Um, that actually got, uh, I think it was like three or four dads that got in a fight like on the oh. sideline with like three or four dads on the wow. other team, and it was kind of like a little brawl on the side. <laughs> so we had to stop, you know, we had to stop the stop the match for a little bit so that the ref could go sort it out on the sideline. And we're just like, well, we had no idea what was going on. But yeah, no, I mean it's crazy. It's uh, you know definitely you you don't want to endorse that that behavior, but it's uh, you know it's good that there's a little bit of passion, you know, um, in the grassroots stages for sure. All right, Jay, thanks a lot. Always fun chatting. We'll talk again real soon. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. All In Sports Talk, 24-7 Sports Talk Radio. Hey everyone, Steve Gennaro here at Kia Training Ground and have a few minutes here with Eric Zavaleta. Eric, uh, good to chat with you. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. How about you? Good. We're sitting out in the sun, enjoying enjoy, enjoying the sunshine. We're enjoying every minute of it. <laughs> All right. Uh, just real quick before we move on, I want to talk a little bit about what's happening, international duty, up, upcoming games and matches and stuff. But just real first, uh, thoughts on New England. What, what kind of happened there? Uh, it's just a multitude of things. I think first and foremost, fatigue was uh, finally came into play. You know, I think we play a lot of games in a short period of time, and and then again a lot of games in accumulation of a month or two. You know, and I think it finally caught up to us just a little bit with uh, the injuries and the absences and and some of the other guys who had to play three games in the week. And uh, but at the same time, we don't make any excuses. We recognize that we didn't uh, defend the way that we wanted to defend. We didn't take care of the ball the way we normally do, and because of that. Uh, we were punished. Yeah, three goals is not 
something we normally see this Toronto see a team concede and that kind of leads to where I want to go here and that the the back line for Toronto FC over the last two seasons has been excellent. You know, there's no way around that. Two seasons ago, uh, you know, there was a lot of issues around, you know, conceding a lot of goals. And certainly Greg and the coaching staff and the players have taken that to heart and really shored up as one of the top defensive lines yeah, in, in MLS. Are you surprised that we don't therefore see uh, any real voting going on for Toronto FC defenders for the MLS All-Star game? Yeah, very surprised. Um, I think... Um, I was surprised to see my name exempt from the list. Um, but at the same time, I think Justin and Nick were on there. And, um, you know, I think somebody, uh, at least one of us, deserves credit for what we've accomplished over the year. And, um, I mean, look, we have a guy who, who does both things and, and Justin and and scores goals for us and, and defends really well for us. And I think um, sometimes... Uh, good teams and, and good players on good teams are taken for granted and I think maybe this is a situation of that but um, at the end of the day we were not looking for for all-star uh, appearances we're not looking for for any individual accolades at the end of the day we were looking to chase down the cup that we felt like we were so close to last year and um, that's been our, our goal this entire year. So you mentioned Justin. Justin on the the 40-man U.S. Uh, roster recently. About time, you know, we've been we on TFC Talk. We've been championing him for a long time. Mm-hmm. Continue to ask the questions. Another name we've asked the question about was Jay Chapman. I just spoke to Jay about how come he's been not not been named to the 40-man Canada roster, which to me is mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. And another name we've been championing on TFC Talk, you know, for a long, long time, of course, is you, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we think that you're one of the most underrated players uh, in, in across MLS. Uh, you know, shoring up this back line, positionally sound. We got the Zava meter. Everybody knows about that to not see you uh, even available for voting for the MLS All-Star game is ludicrous to not see you named or, or to the US 40-man uh, roster I think is also interesting as well have you been approached by Team USA at all have there been any discussions or is it, is it just they, they, they want you to go to El Salvador there haven't been any discussions uh, as of now I think I've got to continue to, to continue to prove myself and, and to, uh, to play at a high level to be able to, to be in recognition I'd like to think I'm somewhere on their radar um, and will continue to push the envelope until I can force my way into the team but for now um, I'm just focused on getting better every day. Yeah. So, uh, how do you, as, as a young player, you know, who's had to, to sort of wait for his moments to, to break into this squad again, a very deep squad here at Toronto FC, and then con- consistently week in and week out, uh, you know, d- does a heck of a job. How do you, how do you remain focused and, uh, you know, positive when outside of Toronto, that's maybe not being recognized or seen? Because at the end of the day, I'm here. I'm, I, I play for here. I play for for the the club on my chest. Uh, I play for this club that's taken so good care of me. I play for my teammates. I play for my coaches. And um, if things are going right, well in the club, uh, I'll be happy. And and if I can continue to contribute, and we can continue to have the success that we've had this year, um, and make a run at this, and then I'll call this year a success, regardless of the external external circumstances. Do you think playing in Canada? hurts your chances of getting on the US radar? Uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting question. I think the fact that we have Josie and, and Michael on our team who are two prominent figures of the US national team maybe um, attracts attention uh, to, to our game so you'd think that that's sort of negated by that concept but um, I'm not sure. Like I said, I, I'm focused on here. I'm, I'm happy with the way I'm playing here. I'm happy with the way things are going with the team and with the club, and we're going to continue to, to push boundaries to, to get better. 
I mean, you guys are playing better uh, defensively than you know teams like, for example, Salt Lake or uh, Colorado, who are thought of being you know sort of defensive stalwart teams. Do you think if you're playing uh, you know on the back line of that uh, for, for for them that there, there would be more talk about the job that you do because you do a great job back there? Yeah, you know, I think the interesting thing is is that those teams they play defensively. I think they defend more in a block of of say seven, eight, nine, ten guys, whereas we. Uh, at times are, are forced to, to make one-on-one plays and, and to defend in uh, smaller blocks. But because we're a more balanced team, I think, than, than those teams uh, in the past. And so because of that, um, I think it's a testament to, to the way that guys have defended individually in moments this year. Like I said, I think um, the last game was a difficult one for us because individually we, we made some mistakes. But that's something we'll clean up and uh, we'll move forward. Yeah, about maybe two years ago now, two and a half years ago, uh, I said to you at a barbecue here at the, the Kia training grounds, you know, just uh, chin up, keep working hard, it's going to happen, you know, because you can see where the talent was. And I'll say the same thing to you again. Chin up, keep working hard, good things are going to come, Eric, it'll happen. Uh, before we go, last thing, I was t- just talking to Jay about this. My daughter played at a tournament in Detroit on the weekend, and uh, in, in, the, in one of the matches while the game was going on, uh, two players got an altercation. The referee came over, showed both players a red card, and when he did that, a parent rushed the field, pushed the referee, and tried to grab one of the kids who was not their own kid. So you grew up in grassroots America. American soccer is this uh, is this something you'd seen before? Is this a uniquely American experience, or is this uh, you know just uh, maybe one particular tournament? Oh, fans get fans get <laughs> the, the parents get get into it a little bit, but I've never seen anything like that. I think that would have been a fun thing to see, uh, and and hopefully it wasn't your daughter that got pushed. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was one of the games that we were watching. Otherwise, and that. But I will say that the the uh, watching the the, the the tournament that I was at, the grassroots in the United States was just a little bit different than I found in my experiences with grassroots here locally. Just uh, just thoughts on on the gra- grassroots soccer in in USA as it continues to grow over there. Yeah, I think it's growing in the right direction. I think they're moving towards academies, uh, towards professional environments. I think that's an important thing. I think kids need to start developing quicker and, and earlier, and I think you've seen that with, with a Pulisic and, and some other guys coming up through the ranks, like Kellen Acosta and others. I think the, the, the talent pool is going to continue to get better and better. Awesome. Thanks so much, Eric. Really appreciate chatting. Thanks, dude. Appreciate you. TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. TFC Talk with MLS and TFC journalist Steve Gennaro. TFC Talk is what you've been waiting for. More Toronto FC every single week. Practice reports, one-on-one interviews with players, coaches, executives, club alumni and insiders, and match day coverage of Toronto FC. TFC Talk can be heard on All In Sports Talks, free app or tune-in station, and is simulcast on Waking the Red. You can also listen to past episodes of TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk's iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud channels. Be sure to follow Steve on Twitter at underscore S Gennaro and listen to TFC Talk every week. Up the Reds! Up the Reds! Up the Reds!